0: prayer uh, this Friday night at 7 p.m. here at the church so uh, we'll be praying here an hour or so and then um, um, on Saturday we'll have a ladies fellowship here at the church at uh, 11 a.m. and, um, and then um, uh, a lot of Saturdays I've been here doing things at the church so I won't be here Saturday doing things at the church right so there's, um, we're going to build some bookshelves in the office at some point in time but <clears throat> no hurry to get that done so i might just enjoy not doing anything for a while you know and then i'll get around to doing that because i'd like to have some bookshelves in there for all the all the books that uh, that i've got over the years so um we'll get around to doing that for too long uh and then of course uh, brother randy will be here with us on sunday so looking forward to that and uh, he's going to dedicate the the uh sanctuary here for us for the for the work of the lord and um uh you know it's it's uh even though the natural things, um, you know, really everything that we have that's in the, in the natural realm that we bring to bear for the benefit of the Lord, we should sanctify it for the use of the Lord, right? And, and uh, because, you know, that piano can be used in a bar just as well as it can be used in a church, right? And so we bring it in here and we sanctify it for the use of the Lord. And that's really what we're doing is we're separating or setting apart uh, this this building for the work of the Lord. Amen. And um, I know the Lord lives in us and not in the building, uh, but... Um, we need things to uh, we need things in this life to advance the kingdom of heaven amen whether it's cars or boats or trains or uh, pulpits or whatever you know there's things that you need to advance the kingdom of heaven so um, so that'll be Sunday so I' looking forward to seeing him uh, here Sunday and he'll do uh, the morning service and healing school and then uh, of course next week he'll be doing his uh, conference up in Gatlinburg and um, uh, let me know if you're interested in going to any of those services, if you want directions or anything. But uh, of course, you can find it online pretty easily. Uh, and he'll do those services on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And so, um, I think that's all of our announcements, right? So, uh, and, and I would encourage you. You know, if if you think about it, uh, pray for Anne Marie and Kyle. You know, uh, new newborn uh, parents, new parents. You know, there's just uh, not fear, but just a lot of unknowns to them, and and. Um, it can, it can uh, increase your anxiety and concerns, and, um, and we know how to overcome those, uh, and so uh, we'll just pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit for them in their lives, amen. Uh, well, let's pray, and we'll get into the Word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the Word, and Father, we thank you that you are the great teacher, the admonisher, Father, the instructor, uh, the revealer, and so, Father, we depend upon your Spirit to speak to us, to lead us, to guide us in all truth, to show us things to come. And, Father, we don't teach of our own intellect and our own experience. Father, we teach by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And so we thank you for that, Lord, and we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, let's open up our Bibles from the book of Philippians, chapter 2. We'll continue there today. Uh, and so uh, we got down to um, uh, verse 17 here. And so he's the rest of the chapter, uh, it's really broken up into, into three uh, sections a little bit talking about Paul and his example uh, for us uh, that we can use to follow in our lives. Uh, then he talks a little bit about Timothy and the example that he, that he has been to Paul in his ministry. And then uh, finally, he ends up with Epaphroditus and the example that uh, he provides to us. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's helpful. Um, you know, sometimes people think, well, you know, I'm Christian. Uh, the Spirit of God lives in me, I've got the Word of God, and I can do this on my own. I don't need people, I don't need you know, anybody to blaze a trail for me, I can do this on my own. And yet Paul here has got three different examples for us to follow and to imitate, right? And, and if we're to follow and imitate, then that means that there are people that we can learn things from, amen? Uh, and, uh, and, and personally, I never had a problem with that. You know, I've always, uh, in fact, uh, maybe even to a fault almost, uh, looked for people that have blazed a trail uh, in the Lord and, and thinking, well, if they did it, then I can do it, right? And it's not that uh, that I'm trying to compete with them, uh, but sometimes you wonder, you know, can people live that way? Can people do these things? And, and uh, you know, sometimes uh, even in our own lives, you know, we read the Word of God and then we look at the world or even the church and we think, well, nobody's doing that. Should I do that? Um, and, uh, you know, for a long time, it was that way when it came to uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, for centuries, it was It wasn't lost 100%, you know, just about every century of history you can find where small pockets of people uh, were baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there wasn't any teaching in that area, so people didn't really know that there was a thing that they could do with the evidence of speaking with other tongues specifically, Uh, and it really wasn't until Charles Parham uh, and uh, William Seymour, but really Charles Parham, uh, really, he wasn't the first one, there were other people like the Welsh Revival in 1800s, the end of that over in Scotland and uh, Wales, uh, you know, they had some, some great moves of the, of the Spirit of God. But it, it really, you know, as far as the Spirit of God moving, you know, uh, when Charles Parham, he, he ran a, um, a uh, Bible school, and so they would talk about these things. Well, it, we, see this, we see this experience in the book of Acts, but nobody's doing this. Is this something that we should have today? Is this something we should do today? And so what they did is they set up a, basically, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a 24-hour, uh, prayer, um, prayer service that you'd go in, you'd, you'd sign up, you know, I'm going to pray for an hour, but Lord, we want this, we want this experience. We see it in the word of God. It seems like it's for us today, but nobody's doing it. So we want this experience. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, finally, you know, the Lord did fall upon them. You know, they weren't tarrying like people tarry today, uh, you know, cause, because we have enough knowledge today to know we shouldn't tarry but they didn't even know if it was available at all. And so uh, it took them a while to figure that out. And once it took, you know, then that kind of spread like wildfire. And then you had pockets like uh, Azusa Street and different, uh, different uh, denominations sprang up. Uh, and it became a, a, uh, a valid uh, portion of the church of the Lord Jesus as a whole. Of course, we know from reading the scriptures that uh, it was the Lord's intent that there, was, there wasn't a Pentecostal group. That it was always the Lord's intent, just like everybody is saved that's a Christian, everybody should be baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. It shouldn't be just the crazy people over here, right? And so, uh, but and all that to say that, uh, you know, it's helpful. I, and I believe the Lord on occasion, uh, on a regular basis, will rise up people that he uses as an example. Remember he told Paul that, uh, you know, you're going to see the things that you're going to suffer for my sake. Uh, and, you know, Paul was an example not just only about the suffering, but he was an example of what you could do if you're really 100% sold out to the Lord. And, and so, uh, you know, of course, Paul left us all of his writings, which is, which is you know, uh, immensely valuable beyond, beyond uh, price. But he also left of his life. You know, Paul stayed the course through, through from the time that he got saved until the time he went home to be with the Lord. And even people like Peter you know, they waffled a little bit, as strong as an anointing that Peter had, you know, he waffled. Remember, Paul had to rebuke Peter, Uh, and so, you know, on occasion, the Lord will rise up examples for us in the church that we should look at these people's lives, and not just these people in the Bible, you know, we thank God for these people in the Bible, and and we're going to look at uh, what they mean for us as far as examples, but even in our day-to-day lives, you know, and I think uh, really one good example that should be in your life is your pastor, right, and and, uh, of course, we know that's not always the case. I mean, sometimes pastors need to be rebuked as much as anybody else does, and it's unfortunate. But um, you know, we mentioned some some of it on, on Sunday morning about how a lot of uh, a lot of builders and you know people that do things don't want to work with churches because either the pastor is sort of corrupt or the committee that's running that project is sort of corrupt, where they don't think they should have to pay for those services or pay for those uh, the, those uh, the construction that went on. Uh, and they're really crafty, you know, and, and uh, dishonest about how they deal with these, with these uh, people that, that spend money and time and effort to, to do things for the church, and then the pastor won't pay. Well, that's, that's dishonorable to the Lord, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so the Lord, you know, rises up uh, examples, raises up examples for us to follow this to our advantage, amen? Uh, you know, and for me, you know, my, the greatest example the Lord's always added to my life has been uh, Brother Hagin. Uh, and it wasn't about, you know, the fact that he had a big ministry, that he had a, a Bible school, uh, that he had, you know, seven or eight uh, vis- visitations from the Lord Jesus personally, you know, and, um, and, and was a great author and sold millions upon millions of books and tapes. Uh, uh, for me, the example that he's always been is, is the walk of love that he operated in. Uh, and if you look at his life and ministry and how he walked in love, um, and people will, will argue about you know, this or that and say that you're an idolater. I, I, I'm an idolatry. I'm not an, I just want to be able to walk in love as much as he walked in love. And if I can do that, I feel like I'll accomplish something. Uh, and so, so it's to your advantage. You know, to, to, uh, in fact, you should be around people that are better than you. Amen? That are more spiritual than you, that are wiser than you. you know, the Old Testament in Proverbs just says that, that if you want to be wise, walk with the wise. And that was a scripture that uh, the Lord put in my life early on. And so I went about trying to find people who are more wise than I am. Not like a, like a wise aleck, right? But, uh, you know, a smart aleck, but, uh, you know, somebody who really knew something. And and um, I've endeavored really all of my Christian walk to find people like that, that, that there's something in their life that, that I can add to my life, that they don't, I don't have or I haven't developed as much as they have. Then I want to be around that person to see... You know, how did how do you walk it out? How did you do this? And could we get that just from the word of God in prayer? You could you could surely get it from the word of God in prayer. Uh, but, you know, I don't know anybody that uh, doesn't have somebody that they say, well, this person, you know, helped me in this area. Uh, you know, on occasion you get somebody that says, I'm, I'm a completely self-made person. And, of course, that's not true. So you didn't have a mom or dad at all. You know, you were just created out of nothing like Adam. Uh, no, it's... Uh, 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 it, it should be easy for us to say, uh, this is my legacy. This is where I came from. These are the people that I've built my life upon and uh, uh, the foundation of my life and what they've taught me and added to my life. You know, and that should be fine. So Paul, uh, of course, uh, he gives us these three examples, starting with himself. We had talked a little bit about Paul's example uh, last week, but it says in verse 17, it says, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. So we've talked a little bit about uh, this last week uh but um uh, he's saying you know if uh, even if i have to die because of this work that i'm doing for you he said i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take joy in that because basically what he's done for their life right i, I have seen you grow i have added these things to your life it's been a great joy serving uh, uh serving you and serving with you uh and so he says uh that uh, he's offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. Uh, and uh, he takes joy and rejoices with them. So he was taking joy in it. They were taking joy in it. And he said in verse 18, for the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. So what, uh, he was re- rejoicing what he added to their life and they're rejoicing what they've added to his life. And so you know, later on, as we get uh, further along in the book of Philippians, we find out that, uh, that a big portion of the Philippian church uh, what they did for Paul was to provide uh, financial support to Paul, and apparently it was a it was a a, um, uh, a helpful addition to his ministry. And so, uh, so Paul, you know, and that's an example, right? We should we should take joy with each other, Amen. You know, I've just been thinking about uh, just you know uh, something for us. How do we express you know our thankfulness? How do we express our joy? How do we express our gratitude? for the things that are done in our lives, right? And so Paul here is expressing his gratitude to the Philippians for uh, receiving him, receiving his ministry, but also adding to his ministry. So he was, so he was expressing his thankfulness uh, to them in that. Uh, and a good question for us is, you know, how do we do that? How do you express your thankfulness for the things that have been added to you, right? And I know, you know, unfortunately, it's been my observation that some ministers will say, well, you know, the best way for you to express your thankfulness is send me a check, right? Uh, I, you know, everything shouldn't be about money, right? Everything shouldn't always be about money, you know, just telling somebody you appreciate them and, and, and um, thank them, you know, and, and I know I, I'm sh- I surely don't do it enough, but, you know, I am thankful for, uh, for the ministry here, but I'm thankful for all the things that, you know, my wife does, Chris does, you know, she leads praise and worship and takes care of the children's church and Takes care of so many things and buying things and taking care of stuff around the church. That uh, you know, she probably does more things here in the church than I do as a pastor. Um, uh, and and she's ex- exceptional at it. She's very good at that. You know, and, and same thing for Jared. You know, uh, Jared runs the sound and the videos and hooks everything up to the internet. And um, you know, technically I could do it. I now I don't actually right now if if he, if he said start up the video stream I wouldn't know how to do that you know now I, I'm capable of learning it but I wouldn't know the mechanics all the steps to go through to get it to fire up um, and, um, and and you know I don't ever think about it I don't ever think about you know is a sound man going to show up today is my microphone going to be ready to go uh, and that's you know when when you're at that point then then that's when somebody's doing their job right because uh, you know I've been in a lot of churches visiting where you know the pastor gets up and None of the microphones are working, right? Uh, and, or he gets up and starts talking, and it's 30 seconds before a microphone's even turned on. Well, you know, if it's more than a second, it, there's a problem, right? Uh, and, um, uh, you know, you, you think that's, that's an easy thing, and, it, and, you know, in one way it is easy. The easy part is the faithfulness of it. If you're faithful, it's easy. If you're not faithful, then it's always chaos, right? It's always like, well, where's my microphone? Where's the batteries? here? Why aren't the lights turned on, right? And, uh, all these things that we all take for, take for granted, you know, and, and Jared does all those things, and, uh, and, um, you know, he's laying up for himself right now, treasures in heaven, because of his faithfulness, right, the Lord's going to ask him, did you do what I asked you to do, and, uh, and, uh, and if you remember, you know, we, uh, we won't spend a lot of time on it, but, um, you know, over in the book of Hebrews, uh, at the end, at the end of the book there, in chapter 13, uh, he talks a little bit about that, uh, and, uh he says in verse 17, "Obey them that have rule over you, uh, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls." So this is not talking about your boss that has rule over you because he doesn't watch for your souls, right? Uh, and it, it's specifically talking about your souls, not your spirit, man. So I don't, I don't watch over your spirit, man, in the sense that uh, you know I, 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 uh, that you have to go through me from a spiritual standpoint to go to the Lord. That's between that's your own relationship with the Lord. Uh, but as far as watching over your souls, you know, my, my part of my responsibility is to help you renew your mind, right? And that's, that, that's the primary thing that he's talking about, to, uh, to understand that we are here as servants of the Lord. All of us are servants of the Lord, right? That's a big area to renew our minds in. And he said that, that they, the, those who have rule over you, must give account. Well, what do they give an account? Do they give an account of the people that are under them, right? Do we have to, uh, someday I will have to give an account, really to all of you, about all of you, to the Lord Jesus. He's going to ask me, you know, well, how did so-and-so do well, well, why is he going to do that? Hey, I don't know. That's what he says right there, though, right? That I've I've got to give an account uh, for the people that are under me. He said that they may do it with joy uh, and not with grief. That word grief there is sighing, you know? So in other words, if the Lord asks you about, if he asks me about somebody, and my response is, you know, just a... Uh, that's not the response that you know we desire right I, I hope you know when, because the Lord will ask my pastor about me someday when we get to heaven now when that's going to happen how that looks you know we don't have all the details but we know that's going to happen uh, and uh, in my desire my hope is when he asks my, uh, my pastor about me that when I served him all those years that he does it with joy that I was a, a faithful uh, servant to him right to the Lord You know, and it's okay to say that I was a servant to a man. The Bible talks about that we should serve each other. Uh, And uh, he's not my savior. He didn't die for me, but uh, I was his servant in that sense. I'm not a slave, you know, but um, he doesn't own me. But I was a servant to his ministry. I was a help to his ministry. Uh, And he said, if I do it with grief, he said, that is unprofitable for you. So, uh, you know you better get getting good now, right? And so, <laughs> um, uh, it, it's, uh, and like I said, I don't, we don't have a lot of details. You know, there's not a lot about that. We know that we're all going to stand before the, the, uh, the judgment seat of Christ as Christians. Uh, but part of it too is, it's not going to just be you individually standing there. At some point, the Lord's going to look over to whoever you were submitted to uh, and uh, he's going to ask them about you. And, and, I, and I really believe, course again, you know, some of this stuff, we don't have a lot of details about it. But, you know, um, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, one time the Lord, um, uh, oftentimes you know, the Lord will speak to me throughout the week about certain people, you know, uh, in fact, uh, this happened just the other day, he spoke to me about a certain person and, you know, told me, you know, these things about them and, and um, uh, that I was supposed to tell them. Well, then they didn't show up at church, right? And, uh, and that's happened many times over the years. And, and uh, I asked the Lord about that, you know, I so said, Lord, you know, you knew, you reckon the Lord knew they weren't going to be there? Um, And look, this is not to put anybody under bondage. About you mean you? you, There's never reasons you can miss church. You know that's between you and the Lord. I leave that between you and the Lord, right? Uh, There's a big difference between hey, we've got a vacation planned, or you know I've got this big thing going on. You know it's you know that's part of life, right? That's fine, no no problem, right? You shouldn't be under condemnation about missing church. Some pastors will put you under heaps of condemnation if you miss, you know, if you dare to miss a a minute of, of church but you know if you've got responsibilities at church you should make sure those are taken care of just like if you got responsibility at work you just don't show up right but some people just don't show up and uh and so so i asked the lord about that you know lord uh you know you knew that they weren't going to be there why would you tell me that uh, and and uh, i thought his answer was interesting he said he said my will never changes and my will was for them to be there and uh and so if they'd asked the lord should i go or stay what do you think he would have said? If his will for them to be there that morning, then, then um, uh, he would have told them to go, right? And so, uh, but then the, the thing is, even though I have the mental knowledge of that, you know, most of the time when the Lord gives you a word, uh, you don't get the whole thing, right? You, you, get a, you get a phrase, you get an idea. Sometimes you, you see a picture. Uh, you know, it comes in various ways, but it, it's always incomplete. Uh, it's rarely ever, uh, in fact, I can't tell you a time that it was ever complete, uh, it, it's only a fragment of what he really wants to say. And then a, as we step out in faith and begin to say that, then he will reveal and speak the rest of those things in the moment. Uh, and so, uh, so even though I may have mental knowledge of those that part that part that, that I knew, if they're here the next week, I can't give that out because I don't have the unction to give the rest of it out. I just have a few words which you know, by themselves may not mean anything until the Lord fills in the gaps there, and so um, so all I have to say is, you know, I believe there's a will of God for everybody of where they should attend church, right, and, and again to, and from my perspective, that's between you and the Lord Jesus, right, that's not that's not for me and sometimes the Lord has show me so-and-so should be there, so-and-so shouldn't be there uh, I don't guess he's ever said so-and-so shouldn't be there, but, uh, you know <laughs> um, but uh, what if they don't? What if they don't come, right? You know, what if uh, they don't like the faith message that we teach because it puts them under too much responsibility and they want to go somewhere else. So they don't teach the faith message so strongly and they just, you know, because a lot of churches you can go to, and I'm not pointing at any particular church, but you can go and never be responsible for anything. You don't have to be responsible for your life. It doesn't matter what you do, you know, and there's plenty of churches like that. Uh, but if you're supposed to be somewhere else, and I believe the Lord's gonna, going to uh, judge you for what you should be doing not necessarily what you did do right because he's going to say were you faithful to do what i wanted you to do what i asked you to do not what you actually did right and so because because people are going to try and negotiate well lord i did this that's great i didn't tell you to do that well lord i did this that's great i didn't instruct you to do that right and it's not that you know my goal is not to put people under pressure because really our lives should be lord i just want to do your will whatever your will is that's what i want to do and that should be really easy right and where you go to church, that should be really easy, right? Some people, they sweat it, and, you know, I've talked to plenty of people, um, you know, visitors or other people, hey, you know, um, yeah, I've been looking for a church. Well, how long have you been looking for a church? Uh, like 17 years. Well, you know, you're probably backslid because it doesn't take 17 years to find a church, right? Uh, and, and, uh, uh, and so, you know, when we first started the church, this has been many years ago, if you remember, uh, we had the, the sound booth was back there, but we didn't actually have a booth. We just had a table. Uh, and so we hadn't even built the sound booth yet. That's how long ago it was. And um, uh, so we had, we had a, a family there that had come. Uh, this is just like within the first few months that we'd started a church. And so there was a fellow there. Uh, now, I'm up, I'm up front. Of course, I'm, if I'm up front, I don't see what's going on behind me, right? So, you know, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but I got up that particular morning and started preaching. But you know, a lot of times the Lord would kind of give you a little rabbit path to go through. And so I, I just got up and said something to the effect that, you know, I ran sound for 20 years and I know a lot about sound, a lot about setting up sound and mixing sound. And I said, you know, if I went into a church and the sound system was all messed up uh, and the, the uh, speakers were falling off the walls and, you know, things were exploding into flames, I probably didn't say that part of it. But, you know, I just said if there was a lot of problems with sound, I said, I wouldn't say anything. None of my business, right? Now, if they came to me and asked me about it, that'd be fine. But, you know, I would walk in and just worship the Lord. You know, and, you know, then later on, if I became a member of that church, I would maybe talk to the pastor. Hey, if, if you would like some help, I've got some knowledge experience in this area. I'd be glad to help if you want me to, you know. But, but you know, for the most part, it's just not in of my, in my business, right? Uh, you know, years later, when I was, uh, we've been going to Gatlinburg for many years, one of the times they were having some technical problems with one of the sound systems. In fact, Miss Patty came up to me and said, uh, Pastor Chip, would you go back there and help them, you know, and, and uh, see if you can help them? Well, I, I knew uh, a lot about sound systems and I knew who could help them. I said, but I said, Miss Patty, I said, I can't do that. I said, if you go back there and tell them that you asked me to go do that, I'll be glad to do that. But I'm not going to go back there and just say, hey, let me help you. You know, let me show you how to fix this problem. Because I'd be usurping or taking a position that didn't belong to me. And I'm not a usurper. I'm not going to take a position that doesn't belong to me right now. Uh, they know now that I run sound, and, and I know a little bit about sound. And, and uh, if they need help, they, you know, and they have over the years asked me some questions about things. Uh, not very often because they're very capable people. Uh, and so, so I just got up and said that, and kind of went on and went on with the rest of the message. Well, at, at the end of the service, someone came up and said, "Did you, did you know what was going on?" No, what was going on? Well, that that one fella came in and he went back there. Jared was running sound, of course. Jared was what uh, you probably. 12 years old by that time, you know, he had like a whole year experience running sound, you know, and, um, you know, he was better at 12 years old than a lot of adults, you know, and so he, uh, it's been 10 years, and, and, he, and so you just think how much he knows now, but, um, but what he did, uh, he didn't go back there and say, hey, Jared, you know, is there anything that can help, I noticed this is going on, you know, can I help you do this, he didn't do that, he went and basically pushed Jared aside and started changing knobs on the, on the soundboard, well, well, that's disrespectful, right? It's disrespectful to the person that's doing that, which it doesn't matter their qualifications. They're doing that, right? It doesn't matter that with a, he was only 12, so surely he didn't know everything there is known but sound uh, as a 12-year-old, uh, but he was faithful. He was there every service, right? Uh, of course, he kind of had to be because he came with us, right? So uh, he couldn't drive his own back then, uh, but he was there, right? He didn't slack off. You know, he did his job and, and uh, was good at it. He didn't know everything there was to know, and, and, but I was okay with that. You know, I was like, well, he's 12, and we'll work it out. You know, and the you know, speakers weren't exploding, and the ceiling wasn't falling down. Uh, and so, you know, that, to me, that's just, I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine being that disrespectful to another human being, right, to think well, I, It's not that, that we don't appreciate people's knowledge and that. It's just that, um, you know, Jared is a human being. And to do that, it devalues him as a human human being. That you don't even acknowledge that that's his role and position, and you're going to take over, right? And, uh, and now, like like I said, he could have he could have asked Jared, hey, would you like me to help you? Hey, I've noticed this going on. Can I show you how to fix that? He could have come to me. Said, Pastor, you know, I've been running sound for a long time. You know, I'd be glad to do that. Well, you know, uh, when I uh, a week or two before that, we were talking to that couple. You know, they only came for like a month. Uh, because after that event, they didn't come back to church. Uh, after I got up and basically rebuked them without actually knowing that I rebuked them, right? Because uh, I didn't know. I didn't know they were doing that. So he should have, he you know, because he told me just a week or two before, we've been praying for a Holy Ghost church in this area for five years. And then the Holy Ghost showed up, and they didn't like that, right? Because the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. He does whatever he wants to do, right? If he wants to uh, encourage He'll encourage. If he wants to chastise, he'll chastise, right? And and that's part of his job. Now he never condemns, never beats up, right? And we shouldn't condemn and beat people up. But you know, sometimes we gotta, you know, get chastised a little bit. Hey, we can do better, right? And you know, that's okay. I mean, we're all adults, right? It's all, we should be able to do that and, and not uh, not collapse in a in a you know in a fetal position when that happens. But the neighbor came back, and you know, my 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 opinion is they should have been part of this church, but they they. They decided to leave the church. In fact, I called them. Hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. Wouldn't even respond to my phone, my phone messages, you know. And, and, um, and that's fine. I mean, my, you know, if they walked in today, I'd be glad to see them, you know, shake hands and uh, uh, hug their neck. And, you know, I'm not mad at nobody. Uh, but, um, but see, if that person was supposed to be here, right, they left because they were rebuked or, or in, their, in their opinion they were rebuked. I didn't rebuke anybody. The Spirit of God rebuked somebody, right? Because I didn't know, right? My heart was pure, pure in that. I didn't do anything on, with the intention of harming anybody. Uh, and I, but I was really adamant. I, you know, so I can't imagine saying anything to it, you know, of course, I didn't know that they were doing that, right? So, uh, which is nice, because then I can, with, with a sincere heart, say these things and not be beating anybody up in particular, right? The Spirit of God knows what he's doing. Uh, and so, but see, if, they're, if they were supposed to be here, then they should have been here for the last 10 years. And so whatever they were responsible to do while they were here for the last 10 years, the Lord's going to hold them to that, right? Uh, And so that's, again, that's between you and the Lord, you know, not my job to be your Holy Spirit. Uh, But the whole thought about me standing before the Lord is what I think about all the time, you know, for am I where the Lord wants me to be, right? And I believe right now, this very moment in time, I'm exactly where the Lord wants me to be, right? He doesn't want me down the street. He doesn't want me in another state. He doesn't want me, you know, doing this. He wants me right here. And if he wants me right here, then I'll be right here. Well, how long are you going to be right here until the Lord tells me not to be right here? Uh, and, uh, and a lot of times, he just won't tell you anything until it's time to do something different, right? You know, so he's not going to listen to you crying and whining about how hard it is, you know, because uh, it's not hard serving the Lord. It shouldn't be anyway. Uh, so, you know, all of that, just, just you know, going back to, to Paul's example, um, you know, we, 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 um, uh, we should do what the Lord wants us to do, right? Uh, and um, uh, I know we got a little far afield there, uh, but um, it's, imp- it's really important about who you have around you, right? It's really important uh, about you being faithful over the, what the Lord has called you to do. And Paul was faithful to do these things, right? Now, right now, of course, he's in jail at this moment in time. He's writing this letter from jail. Uh, and, then, uh, and then he shifts gears, and he starts talking about uh, Timothy in verse 19. And he says, but I trust in the Lord Jesus uh, to send Timotheus or Timothy shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care uh, for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ, but you know the proof of him that as a son with a father he hath served with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently as soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So Paul says uh, that he wants to send uh, Timothy to them uh, because he wants to know of their state or their condition, right? Uh, the one one uh, translation says, uh, uh, well, that's in verse 20. We'll look at that in just a minute there. But Paul, Paul wanted to know uh, what uh, their state or their circumstances were, right? Were they, were they following along with the Lord were they being faithful of the call of God on their life? Were they pressing into the things of God, or were they completely just just going crazy? Right? You know, now the Philippian church, for the most part, uh, he he uh, uh, he has a little bit of correction here later on, but for the most part, he's been uh, very pleased with them. Right? They followed the Lord. They stayed with the Lord. Uh, they went on with things. If you go back to First Corinthians, you know, uh, he said, "I've heard that there's." disputings among you, he said, and to some extent I believe it, right, there's a bunch of bunch of mess going on, and he said, and you know, really, I kind of believe that, why, because he knew the Corinthians, right, uh, and uh, in fact, one time he said, you are carnal and walk as mere unchanged men uh, you are babes in uh, and, uh, and uh, taking milk when you should be uh, eating strong meat, so the and, and the Galatians, remember, he called them, oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, right so there, so uh, other churches he rebuked strongly, right, that's a can you imagine saying that? You know, you bunch of foolish people. And then people still stay at church, right? Uh, you know, uh, well, Paul did. He called the Galatians foolish and, was, and rebuked them sternly, right? Uh, you know, nowadays it's, it's, it's hard to do that. Not that, uh, you know, I desire to do that. But, you know, if you had a strong rebuke, you know, you, you'd have to really be in prayer and supplication before you do that. Because instead of people receiving it, oftentimes they'll just leave, right? Uh, and so, and, and I know there's a balance to everything. But, you know, Paul called Galatians foolish and wrote it down in the eternal word of God for the entire world to see, right? Uh, And so, you know, my opinion is that for the most part, the Lord desires to rebuke us in private and quietly so that uh, we don't have to deal with the shame and the public, you know, uh, uh, example of those things. Uh, I think that would be the wisest approach to take in these things. But I'm not going to second guess Uh, Paul doing those things to to the Galatians or anyone else Um, uh, I know uh, like with uh, uh, Lester Sumrall you know uh, Lester man he would name names all the time I mean uh, he there there was one fella uh, when he was younger he was uh, getting ready to go to China for you know for an extended period of time and so as he traveled west in the United States he got to San Francisco, where he was going to be launching off to go to China, and so there was a, a big church there. a Pastor had him come and, and um, hold like a three night revival before he went off to become a missionary to China. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, tons of people. I don't remember the numbers, but uh, a bunch of people came down and got born again, right? in his church added to the church, uh, large numbers of people to his to his ministry. And the pastor didn't give him a dime. didn't Didn't even you know uh, didn't uh, receive an offering for him at all and and yet he had he had several nights of of great fruit in that man's church Uh, and so uh, then the pastor met him at the boat dock and said who's sending you to china Uh, he said "Well, i'm just going because the spirit of god told me to go he said well then you'll die there he said well if i die there would you mind putting a gravestone over me you know so people know that i died you know because i got out of the will of god and so (laughs) So then he went, then he traveled all over the, all over uh, the Asia, China, and Hong Kong, uh, places like that, and everywhere he went, he said, Pastor so-and-so from San Francisco uh, let me preach there, but didn't receive an offering for me, uh, and, and everywhere he went, you know, Pastor so-and-so from San Francisco didn't even receive an offer, offering for me, uh, and finally, somehow, the pastor found him, like in Hong Kong somewhere, and, and said, would you please stop mentioning my name like that? Uh, <laughs> it makes me look bad. Uh, and and uh, Lester said, there's no way. He said, the story is too good, you know. Uh, but Lester was just that way, right? Now, other ministers that way, you know, Brother Hagin, he would never name names, you know. Uh, but Lester, man, he would name names, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think in that regard, it's really got as much to do with the call of God upon the minister's life as it is, you know, just their, their personality and makeup as well. Uh, but, yeah, you, you didn't cross uh, Lester. He'd just call you out publicly and by name, you know. I remember I was watching, uh, anybody remember Fred Price? He's gone home to the Lord now, too. Uh, you know, He used to be on, on national TV, and he was preaching one night. And he had that big, college, remember the big Coliseum that he preached in, right in Crenshaw Christian Center, there in uh, Los Angeles. Um, and um, I guess it's Los Angeles area. Uh, and, and so, you know, he's on national TV, and somebody's asleep in the church. And, he, and on national TV, he goes up and smacks him upside the shoulder, wake up. He said, There's people outside that can't get in this service because of you. You're here sleeping, and they can't get in here because your seat is filled with you sleeping. So (laughs) it's like, well, you know, uh, but that guy didn't uh, buy that tape for that service, huh? Uh, And so, so, you know, I'm not trying to make a law rule that it's okay to do those types of things, you know. Um, But again, I'm not going to rebuke Dr. Frederick K.C. Price or uh, Dr. Lester Summerall for doing those things, it's between them and the Lord, amen, I'll just leave it alone, uh, and so uh, but, uh, Paul said here uh, that, um, uh, that he wants to know their condition, right their state, uh, how are they doing spiritually have they, have they continued on with him, right, and so uh, and, and he, he's hoping that, and later on of course he finds that out uh, and it's interesting to me that he wanted to send Timothy for that. You know, he didn't ask them to send a delegate to him. Uh, uh, he sent Timothy. Of course, he would have gone himself, except for the fact that he's got this little inconvenient thing about being in, in, in irons right now, right? In chains uh, where he can't leave. You know, he, uh, usually he would be like on house arrest, but even that, oftentimes he'd still be chained to a Roman soldier so he couldn't just wander off. Uh, and so he could, but he could send somebody. So he wanted to send Timothy uh, and, and that's his desire, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, and so, you know, uh, you know, in, in, a lot of these verses, especially coming up, uh, Paul talks about, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, so, you know, that's not very specific, right, he's, an, I'm planning on sending Timothy next week, he'll be, he's leaving on the boat in two days, right, or in two weeks, so it's not very definite, it, it's kind of, you know, a little nebulous, you know, uh, because, uh, he doesn't really know, so, uh, you know that tells us a little bit here but you know knowing the will of God uh, it's a day-to-day thing right you don't always know every single thing you don't know every single detail about every single thing so so sometimes you got to trust in the Lord the Lord this is my desire I want to send Timothy and through prayer you work that out right through prayer well, Lord here's what I want to do you know it's just okay will you make a way will you open the door and so you know you have a desire. But, you know, sometimes you don't know if that desire is exactly right yet or not. You have to work that out, you know, through prayer. And really, you know, I believe you can know at some point where it's very specific and you know for sure, yes, absolutely, I'm sending Timothy to you. But sometimes you just don't know. And and, and that's what Paul is kind of uh, implying here that, you know, I'm, I'm trusting in the Lord to send Timothy shortly to you. Don't really know when yet, you know, but a lot of times you have that unction, okay, I need to send Timothy, but I don't know when. So, and that's not uncommon about how the Lord operates that, you know, you have an unction, but you don't know the details about how to yield to that unction yet. I know I need to do this, but I don't know when to do it. I don't know how to do it yet, but I know I need to do it at some point. Not today, and probably not tomorrow, but, but that's, that's kind of normal. That's kind of a normal way. And so Paul had this unction that he needs to send Timothy, but he doesn't have the specifics to it, right? And so, you know, the, uh, knowing the will of God, and some people act like, oh, yeah, you know, I know everything about the Lord, the will of God. I just, you know, we're going to find several things in here. Paul's, you know, it doesn't appear that he knows the exact will of God yet, but I believe he will know the will of God, you know, at some point in time. Because he said, I'm trusting in the Lord Jesus. So what's he trusting? That the Lord Jesus will show him, right? He's the head of the church. He'll know when, right? And so there's some things you just don't know. Uh, And, um, uh, you know, I I was, uh, uh, I don't get very many phone calls, but on occasion I get phone calls from ministers that want to come uh, minister to our church. And uh, so I got this one minister, and I didn't know him, right? He called me up and said, hey, I'm you know, so-and-so, you know, like that's like supposed to mean something, right? Uh, and, and, you know, and unfortunately, I don't, I don't, you know, I've got my little circles that I live in, in the, in the ministry, in the church, you know. And, but people say, hey, do you know so-and-so? No. Do you know, what about so and No. You know, especially like TV ministers. I don't know a lot of the TV ministers because still don't watch a lot of Christian TV. Is nothing, you want to you watch all the christian tv you want to right no problem um usually i'm i've got a whole list of i've got so many hours of other things i'm listening to a bunch of charles charles caps right now because i want to dial in my my faith right because he's you know the tongue you know the power of the tongue uh, um, i want to dial that in a little bit more and so good way to do that listen to charles caps he'll jerk all the slack out of your your uh, confession if you'll listen to him a little bit but um but that's just where i'm at right now so you know Uh, i just don't have time to watch uh, a lot of other stuff Uh, and so um and that's not a rebuke about anything it's just that's just where we're at right and so so i don't know a lot of them so this fella called me and said hey i'd like to come and minister to your church and so uh i said well i don't know and and he kind of gave me his resume you know i did this i did this for a while you know and uh, and it was really just a resume it wasn't you know hey here's what the lord's been telling me you know it was really just hey i've got this qualification this qualification which is fine, I, you know. We had a we had a you know a good chat, but see, I don't know. You know, I, I'm really picky about who I want to bring to the ministry here because, it, to me, it's not about giving somebody a pulpit, right? It's about what can they impart to you. and, and if, if they can't impart in, you know anything to you, then then I'm imparting to you. Then well, then you've already got me, so well, you don't need another me. You need somebody else beside me. That's you know that's why we need a faithful ministry. We don't just need five pastor chips, we need the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Amen? And even, you know, although I stand in the office of the pastor teacher, there are other pastor teachers that can still add and impart to this ministry, right? So it doesn't just mean I'm the only one. Uh, in fact, you know, most of the ministry we bring in tend to be teachers, right? Uh, we, we bring in, um, you know, apostles, Dr. frame was an apostle, uh, Brother Randy was a, is a prophet, um, I know we, we've got... Uh, uh, Angela and Larry Keaton they 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 are uh teachers uh and um uh and you know we've had evangelists over the years uh, and so um you know and I and I think that's that's helpful to us so this fellow was just talking and, and um uh, and I said well you know we're, we're we're not we're not a really big ministry right and 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 because uh, he was acting like well you know I I'm expecting hundreds of people to be at your church well there's not going to be hundreds of people in my church you know uh, not today there there will be eventually but not today there's not just not that many people there and he said well why don't you why don't you get together with some of the other pastors in the in the in the city and and uh, we'll just do a city-wide campaign and I just well no well why would I do that you know I mean I That'd be a lot of work on my part to do that. And, you know, I don't. will these pastors, do they know you? I don't know if they know you or not. Would they be willing to do that? I don't know. Uh, And and so I just kind of let that one slide. I said, well, uh, I said, well, well, why don't we do this? You know, are you going to be in this area anytime soon, right? Are you going to be in the state or close to the state? I said, you know, I can come to one of your services and just, you know, sit in your service and see if that would be a good fit because, you know, then I would know, right? And and, uh, you remember, you know, and I was thinking about, um the story with Sodom and Gomorrah remember Sodom and Gomorrah remember the Lord told Abraham I need to come down and see if the things are so that I hear that are going on in Sodom and Gomorrah well didn't the Lord know well surely the Lord knew but he still had to be there to see right and 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 just like Paul said here you know I trust to do this but I don't know yet so there's some things you don't know until you know and so if you don't know how are you going to find out I mean you know, I could pray about it. That'd be one way to do it. But an easy way to do it, just go to his service, right? And see, see if it's a good fit. See if, you know, what he's teaching, his style of teaching, you know? I mean, I'm not opposed to, you know, spitting cotton kind of person. But, uh, um, you know, uh, as long as it's the right kind of spitting cotton, right? Um, and so I'm not opposed to preachers. You know, you know, mostly we get teaching around here, which I prefer. But, you know, sometimes a good preaching message is helpful, encouraging, and uh, edifying to the church. So I just said, hey, I'll just come to one of your services and, 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 um, and then we'll see. And then, then he said, which I thought was odd, he said, "He said, well, you should know by the Holy Ghost whether it's, whether it's God's will for me to be in your church or not. And then I thought, you know, then it's kind of like, okay, uh, rebuking the pastor for not knowing the Holy Ghost is probably not the best way to get the pastor to invite you to his church, right? Because, I mean, it is true that, that I should know by the Holy Ghost but just like Paul said here, I trust to send Timothy shortly. I, I don't know when, but sometime, you know, I have an unction about that. But I don't know when that is going to, when that's going to take place. That's all I know. I don't know when or who's going to go with them or what time is he going to leave, how long is he going to go. Uh, and so we got to work at those details. And so, you know, to me, to, to, to say that we can always know the Holy Ghost in any given instant I, I think it is not biblical. I don't see that in the Word of God. You know, I think that you can't always know the will of God, because he said you can be filled with the real knowledge of His will. Well, if you can in Colossians one nine, if you can be filled with the real knowledge of His will, then there's a point that you were not filled with the real knowledge of His will. So if you're not filled with the real knowledge of his will, you need to get filled with the knowledge of His will. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of him saying that that you can be filled with the knowledge of His will. So that means that you need to be go from where you are without knowing His will. To getting to a place where you do know His will, well, how do you get there? You typically will get there through prayer, through uh, a lot of praying in other tongues, but also sometimes being in the presence of somebody. Uh, uh, to you know, if you're going to speak over somebody, just like I said, a lot of, oftentimes the Lord will give me a word for somebody, but I don't want I don't know all the words for that person until they're here. Uh, well, why not? You have to ask the Lord that, right? That's just the way He operates, right? And and, and, and you know. That, that experience is the experience that I see and hear by other men and women of God that I trust, that they have the exact same experience, that they never know everything, right? They only know a part. And then through faith and, and um, yielding to the Spirit of God, they get the rest of that. Uh, and so I don't feel like I'm unusual in that. I feel like it's pretty normal. So, uh, so you know, all of that is, uh, you know, that kind of goes back to what he said earlier in verse 12 about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's a lot of working out that we have to do, right? Lord, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? How do you want me to do it? Who do you want me to do it with? You know, there's a lot of working out that, that will only be worked out uh, once we are willing to, to pursue it, right? Once we're willing to uh, to find out, okay, I, I've got this little nugget. I know I need to send Timothy, so let me go in prayer, my prayer closet, to find out... Um, exactly the specifics right when do we launch well I don't know yet you know, I just know I know we need to launch right uh, just you know I know just like uh, we need to start renovating the building next door well when, when are we going to do that I don't know well why don't you know I, I, I don't know I don't know I just don't know I mean well you should know okay well fine you want to be the pastor and you, you decide right I mean you know, you know, people get so bent out of shape about things, right? And and uh, I'll know when I know, and and it'll be okay, right? Has everything else been okay? I mean, right? So and I know you all trust me by now, uh, surely after all these years. But um, but you know, we'll get to it, and and when we get to it, right? And I'm not under any pressure about it. If it's another year, not any pressure about it. What if it's five years now? I really don't care. What if it's ten years from now? Who cares, right? does it really matter. Doesn't matter. Well, you know. Uh, it, it, it only matters if it matters to the Lord, right? If it doesn't matter to the Lord, then it doesn't matter to me, right? And so, um, and the nice thing is you don't have to be under pressure about it. Paul wasn't under pressure about it. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in, in all of that, uh, my, my desire is for us to not to be so legalistic and, and so presu- uh, presumptuous that we always think we know always the perfect will of God in every circumstance, immediately. I just don't see that. I don't see that in Paul's talk in his, in his words here. I don't see that in my life. I don't see that in anybody else's ministry that I know about. Uh, it, it's a working out, right? You don't know today. you start getting a glimmer of it. you start seeing that there's maybe a direction there, and then you you work out the rest of it through typically through prayer, right? Uh, and then we, then we, then we can know, you know and once we fully know, see once you know, then you pull the trigger and you go. I mean it, it's fine after that, right? Uh, and so. Uh, and, and I know uh, I think we've told the story here but uh, you know there was a time when we had two churches going right we had this church going and, and the church uh, over in another county and, um, uh, and and just it was in 2012 and so we were we just sensed that, Lord there's a change that you want to make with the ministry we don't know what it, what it is but you know uh, but you know we, we knew that we would trust the Lord that shortly we would know and, and so we didn't know uh, and since it was a you know To me, if the Lord wants to make a change in the ministry, uh, then we need to find out what that change should be, right? Uh, And so we pray that. We kind of sensed that early on in the early part of 2012, so we started praying about it. And, you know, sometimes it just, for me personally, sometimes it helps to just throw out an idea. Well, how about this? And then you just kind of, you know, check your spirit, man. You know, that's not it, you know, because we thought, well, maybe maybe what we need to do is, like, you know, uh, do a Sunday night service here because uh, we were just doing, I think it was a Monday night service at that point in time. Maybe we need to add a Sunday night service here. We didn't do a Sunday night service, you know, in, in, in the other county there. Uh, it's like, no, that's not it. But you know, not about anything wrong with having a Sunday night service. Nothing wrong with having a Sunday night service. But, but see, it's not important to do something. It's important to do the will of God, right? Because a lot of times people just start doing things and I would much rather not start doing things because if you start doing things, it's hard to unstart things, right? And so if you start things in the wrong things that you started, well, then you're kind of stuck, right? Because then, then you got to unwind a bunch of things and, and I'm not opposed to unwinding things, not opposed to saying I'm wrong, but I'd much rather not go to all the trouble of doing something than have to undo it all. And so, well, what about that? Well, that, that wasn't it. Okay, well, then, well, what we sent this, this, you know, we tried several things just, well, what? And finally, I said, what if we just swap them entirely? Just have a Bible study there and have the regular church here this Sunday morning and the Wednesdays here we didn't have healing school at that point in time and then when we said that that's it So, but that took us like August I know it sounds really simple right but that took us like from January to August to get to that point you know we'd pray about it me and Chris would pray about it together and uh, well we, knew, we you know we got to do something right but we didn't know what uh, and so August was, okay that's that's it and so then we talked to like Brother Randy we talked to Dr. Dufresne we talked to other ministers and, and the, the uh, the the unanimous consent, every single person we talked to, oh, yeah, we knew that. We knew you should have done that. you know That's what you should be doing. Well, thanks for telling me. Why didn't you tell me that a, a year ago, right? Uh, and so they were uh, all... Now, they weren't telling me what to do because I already knew what to do. They were just confirming what I already knew. And that's the difference between some people that don't know what to do, they want you to tell them what to do. Well, it's not my job to tell you what to do because then I'm your God. But, you know, if you come and say, hey, Pastor, am I doing this? You know, the Lord may witness to me that that seems like you know, I've got the same witness in my heart, right? My, my witness bears witness with your witness, right? Because sometimes people say things, you know, I, I believe God wants me to divorce my wife and marry my neighbor. What do you think about that? I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But, you know, uh, you know, some things you don't have to have with us, the Lord, right? Some things you just know that's not right. Yeah, but sometimes people don't know and they want you to be their Holy Ghost. And your job and my job is not to be anybody else's Holy Ghost. Amen. But if someone comes to you and says, you know, I believe the Lord's telling me this. And if I knew that that wasn't the will of God, you know, I'd I'd have to kind of, you know, dance around that a little bit and and, uh, see where they're at. Because one of the hardest things to do is someone come up and say, hey, I believe with all my heart, it's the will of God for me to start a church on the moon. And there's no unction in my heart about that. So that doesn't mean, does that mean they're wrong? It doesn't mean they're wrong. But, you know, if they're part of my church, I would think the Lord would, would, Bear witness with whatever they're saying that you know that, that they're going to leave the church and go start a church on the moon. You would think the Lord would, would bear witness for that to some extent, right? Uh, so, you know, you've got to be careful in those things because um, it's not my job to be your Holy Ghost, right? And so, um, uh, you, you should pray that out yourself and get it to where you know it. And the only way the only way that you'll ever do that successfully is by really having the heart that Lord. It doesn't matter what you want me to do. Whatever you want me to do, I'll be glad to do it. And, and Lord, if you want to stop this today, I'll stop it today. Lord, if you want to start it today, I'll start it today. We've got to. Ha- if we have that general attitude, we'll be okay. But if we've got selfish ambition, Lord, I want the biggest church in town. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having the biggest church in town. Is the Lord opposed to you having the biggest church in town? I don't think so, but. Is that a goal? Is that a particular goal that we should have, right? Uh, it, thus said the Lord, you know, you shall have the biggest church in town. Uh, you know, we, we have to be careful about some of those things, amen? Uh, and so, so, finally, we got to that point. We knew what to do, right? We didn't know we had an unction that this was the, something was going to happen, but we didn't know the specifics. And then once we knew, then we set about doing that, right? It took us from August till we started the church here officially in January 2012, but we, you know, we started the Bible study in um, in 2010, so, you know, we've been here in Dayton for 12 years, um, uh, and it's been great, you know, because uh, once we knew that, then then the grace was there, the peace was there, and, and we drove back and forth every Sunday and, and Wednesday for a year and a half, right? I mean, because, because the kids were finishing up school, and we didn't want them to, to have to change schools in the middle of school, and so we, we, we just piled in the car and drove, you know. And of course, Jerry drives that uh, far uh, every Sunday. And we drive that, we were driving that far twice a week, right? Um, and no problem, right? We aren't, we're not martyrs. That's a small price to pay for doing the will of God, amen? So the whole point of that is you may not always know the moment that you have an unction that you're supposed to do something, what that something is and how that's supposed to happen, right? Paul didn't know, but he's trusting the Lord. What's, what's he trusting the Lord? The Lord will show him, amen? So, uh, so work it out. If you don't know, work it out. If you don't know, don't do anything yet. Don't, well, I'm going to go start something. That's always a mistake. I, I believe it's always a mistake to, well, I'm just going to start doing things. You know, it, it's much better to wait. Because remember, Jesus talked a lot about that, about, you know, a soldier or a king doesn't sit down. If he's going to go to war, first thing he's going to do is sit down. Can I do this, right? He makes plans. Uh, and, and, you know, someone's building a house. They don't uh, just start building a house and see what happens, they make plans, right? And Jesus talked about that. Now, and so I believe, you know, even though you have the unction to do something, work it out in the Lord until you know what to do, right? And then once you know what to do, then go, then go, you know, whole hog with it and, and 100%. Amen? Uh, and so we'll, we'll have to stop there tonight because he says, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. So then he starts talking about Timothy himself, right? About the value that Timothy has uh, to his ministry. And some really good things to learn here uh, I think it'll be uh, valuable to us uh, because he said, "I have no man like-minded." Well, that's a pretty strong statement. You know, how many people you reckon Paul knew? I mean, a lot. Because I mean, if you go like to Romans sixteen, it's a whole list of people, right? He mentioned this person, this person, a whole list of people, right? Listen, all these people I know. Because how many people did he met over the years? I mean, he went to Asia, Jerusalem, right? He been to. Been to um, Antioch and, and you know, Corinth and Rome and, and, and the whole region of Galatia and, he, and Macedonia there. He's been all over the place, right? Uh, three different uh, missionary journeys probably met thousands of people. No one like-minded. Uh, so, that, so Timothy is a rare gem for Paul, right? And so I think it'd be helpful to look at a little bit about that. You know, what, what made him so special? Right? What made Timothy so special? Above everybody else, right? Above all the other people. And, and as far as we know, Timothy... Ended up being the pastor at at the church at Ephesus, right? He traveled with Paul for a long time, kind of settled in to being the pastor at at Ephesus. Uh, And um, uh, of course, Paul wrote two books of the Bible to Timothy, to son Timothy, right? He called him his son. So we won't go into a lot of details. Uh, Maybe one of these days we'll do a verse-by-verse study on 1st and 2nd Timothy because there's a lot of good things there to learn. Uh, The thing thing we'll learn about Timothy is really what it means to be a, a good servant of the Lord, right? Uh, a faithful servant to the Lord and, and the value that that adds to other people, amen? Uh, and so we'll, we'll pick that up. Uh, we're actually going to be gone uh, next Wednesday. Uh, you've got a special guest coming in next Wednesday, so I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, but why don't we pray and we'll thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you uh, for the word of God. And Lord, we thank you that uh, you live on the inside of us and you do reveal and you do instruct, Father, and you do show. Uh, but Father, sometimes that revealing and instructing and showing comes after Times of prayer, Father, times of meditation, times of waiting upon you. Father, it's, it, uh, it's not, you don't operate by our timetable, we operate by your timetable. And so, Father, sometimes there is a waiting on the Lord to find out exactly what you want us to do. And so, Father, in those times and seasons, uh, we do trust that you'll show us those things. Just as Paul trusted that uh, he would know exactly when to send Timothy, uh, we trust that you'll show us the things that we need to know. And so, Father, if we get an unction or an inkling of something, we will work that out, Father, in prayer and spending time with you. And we thank that as we do that, you will always show us. You will always lead. You'll always guide, Father, and direct us. And we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Um, you know, I just want to encourage him these things, especially as he gets to these examples. Uh, let's find out the examples, of these things that made. Uh, of course, Paul talked about himself, and he talked about Timothy, and he talked about Epaphroditus. Let's find out the things that the Word of God, so if it's the Word of God, these are things inspired by the Spirit of God, these are the things I want you to learn, add to your life, right? Let's look at these people, see what made them special, let's add that to our lives, amen? Uh, and, and if we do that, I believe we'll always be blessed and increase in these things, amen? Uh, and so don't forget, there are some uh, vegetables, right, in the kitchen there, from uh, Johnny's garden, and... Um, help yourself to those and uh, be praying for, uh, baby Wade and, uh, Anne Marie, right. And so, and probably at least a little bit for, for dad, right. So, uh, dads don't get much respect in this, in this department, right. So, uh, well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering then. And then, um, uh, prayer Friday night, ladies fellowship, Saturday morning, brother Randy here, uh, Sunday morning. So, uh, we'll come ahead, Mr. Deard and, um, We've got to get to um, see if, if our, um, uh, our firemen can come over here with us on Sunday, right? So I think Thursdays are the day we're supposed to go invite them, so I'll go by there tomorrow and see if they want to come by on, on Sunday there with us. So, um, all right, any other announcements? All hearts, minds clear. Y'all be blessed. Uh, we'll see you all on Friday.